Think of the Apostle Paul. He endures beatings, shipwreck, imprisonment, and eventually execution as he shares the gospel. Day after day, he's pushed to his limits and beyond. Don't just think he's so special that he's not worn down. That's not what the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we'd received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The good news is we don't have to bear our burdens alone. We have a Lord who loves us and supports us. We can turn to him when life brings sorrow and despair. The Bible doesn't tell us to rely on our own inner strength, but the strength of God. Ready for another one? Here it is. Cleanliness is next to godliness. I know you've heard this. Is it biblical truth? Nope. I wish it were, though. (laughs) This is a proverb popularized by John Wesley, who founded the Methodist Church. He used it in a 1778 sermon, and it has really caught on. It is not, however, found in the Bible. In Matthew 15, the Pharisees confront Jesus with charges that his disciples do not wash their hands before eating. That was the tradition of the Pharisees. There was no instruction in Scripture that everyone should wash their hands before eating, but the Pharisees had made their traditions into new law. Jesus answers them forcefully. He actually points out that they should be more worried about the sin on their hearts than the dirt on someone else's hands. Evil and sinfulness arise in the heart and defile a person. And Jesus says, and I quote, to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Okay, so I really want you to think about this one. God's love is unconditional, and so everyone goes to heaven. Do you believe this? Probably the most beloved passage in Scripture is John 3.16. How does it begin? Good. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. If you only read that opening, you might be moved to agree with the statement. But that's not the whole sentence. There's a comma, not a period, after for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Do you know the rest of it? Here's John three sixteen to 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. This is an important point. God's love and the salvation he offers has a condition. The condition is you must put your faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus himself tells us in John 14.6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, the next thing I'm going to say is important. God willingly accepts you, regardless of your past sins, if you put your faith in Jesus. So this one's not true either. Because God's love is so rich and deep, it's often used as an excuse to deny hell. However, hell is a reality frequently referenced in Scripture. Jesus often talked about hell. Here's a sampling of scriptures to check if you doubt that. Matthew 10, 28. Matthew 13, 49 to 50. Matthew 25, 41 to 46. Mark 9, 43. Denying hell and insisting that everyone goes to heaven is a popular thought today. The trouble is is it's not biblical. Let me tell you a story. A pastor's having a conversation with a lady who's asking about what his church teaches. Everything goes along fine until he starts talking about God's commandments and the penalty for sin. Hearing about hell, the lady blurts out, Pastor, that's impossible. My God would never do something like that. The pastor replied, You say your God would not condemn you for sin or unbelief. I think a lot of people have that God. They say that their God doesn't condemn them because he loves them just the way they are. Their God wouldn't call them sinners or call them to repentance and he certainly wouldn't suggest they need a savior the only problem with your God the pastor continued is that he doesn't exist and he certainly isn't the God of the Bible God's will and wisdom are perfect and righteous his word is written in the Bible We humans are fallible. Inevitably, some of what we believe is going to be wrong, especially if we don't study our Bible to know what it really says. God's the rock we can count on. His words are truth, and they never change. Like the lady in the story, there are people who don't agree with the Bible. And they say, I don't believe that part. Now, if someone chooses which parts of the Bible to accept or reject, that person 
does not have God, not God with a capital G, the creator and redeemer. What that person has instead is a fantasy of what they want God to be. Through his word, the almighty and everlasting God engages you in conversation and has a relationship with you. Embrace the Holy Scripture as the trustworthy record that it is. Do not rely on casual conversation, clever sayings, or popular media to tell you what it says. God works through his word to create faith in the hearts of believers. Do you want to grow strong in faith? Then open your Bible and read. Amen.